when I work with a student and they say, help me figure out what I want to do with my life, there is no, I'll, I'm never going to help anyone do that because I don't, you'd never know what you, it's always about next. What's the next step? And always just taking new steps next. So. This is the Hello 20s podcast. My name is Jan and I'm your host. I'm an online content creator trying to navigate life while in my 20s and sprinkling a little knowledge and wisdom here and there. Let's face it, we don't have it all figured out, but we can learn a little from each other along the way, and I'm so glad you guys are tuning in on today's podcast. All right, so Phil, are you ready for today's episode? Yeah, 100%. All right, we're going to start with the quick fire game. So (laughs) what is the last podcast you listened to? Uh, It was Real Talk with Ezra. Um, He's one of my friends down at Virginia State University. Um, It was a very powerful episode. He was talking about Suicide Awareness Month. And so he was bringing on people and they were talking about their mental health journey. It was really, really serious. And I was like, wow. But he's a college student. So the people that he had on were other college students. And and we know that mental health is very, very important in college. So it was a really good episode. So that's what the last one I listened to. Yeah, I remember you sharing that on your story, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, The second one if you could have a different career, what would it be? Um, it'd be like Anthony Bourdain, you know, like a food, it'd be like a food traveler, interviewer slash uh, media journalist. Um, I love traveling. I love meeting new people. I love experiences that are different than mine, but then also I love food. So I basically would just travel the world and drink and eat and talk to people. But then I'd also work on like recording it and document it like, like a travel show person. So that'd be my, that it'd be like that or either just diners, drivers and dives and do it in America. But I, I'd rather go all over the world though. So I thought you would say like a rapper. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I would rap too. I would have, I would have, um, I already have, uh, you know, some hooks and I, I'd, I'd spit mad fire, but it'd be like, I would do that all over the world too. So either way, I think either both jobs, either a rapper or the Anthony Bourdain is traveling and, and getting away and going to see new places and meet new people. Or you can incorporate that, like the rapping into your, you know, food and traveling. Well, time. actually, there is a rapper that does that. Uh, do you know who Action Bronson is? No. I, just Google Action Bronson. He's actually a really good rapper, but he also is a sh- trained chef and he had his own food show on Vice, which I can't, which I can't say the title of the show because it's explicit. It's F that's mm-hmm. delicious. That's that's the the the, the censored uh, show. He, he eats food and wraps on a show. <laughs> All right. Next one is morning, noon, or night. Morning. Where would you want to retire? Um, Austin, Texas. Really? Well, I mean, <laughs> it was a wrong long story. I got I, I I I went and visited, and it changed my life. Uh, I think it's one of the coolest cities. So, uh, yeah, Austin, Texas. <laughs> I'll, I'll share. I'll share. I'll share. My, I'll share my story about Austin, Texas, offline. But my friends, if my friends, if my friends listen to this episode, which I will will share with my my network, and I say Austin, Texas, they'll know why. Hook them horns. <laughs> um, and the last one is what is a highlight of this week of yours? Oh, this week. Oh, actually, mm-hmm. I'm glad you thought I would say the career fair or something like that. But the highlight, yeah. no, but it's not actually the highlight of my week. It's funny. It just happened this morning. I went to uh, the Burke Nursery Pumpkin Patch. Um, uh-huh. My son, my son had a field trip 
and I was one of the chaperones for this field trip. And it was like, Aww. awesome. It was awesome. I mean, I mean, and I was saying like, I didn't realize how much he's like me. Um, but then he's going to be like way cooler to me. They yelled his name, Bennett, Bennett, Bennett. And I thought it was, he's not in trouble. Every kid in all the different little preschool classes know my son. And they just chase him around trying to get his attention. They're like, Bennett, come with me on the slide. Bennett, do this. He's like legit, like the homecoming king of preschool. And I was just, he already, he already has a little girlfriend and the girl, and the little girl was like, this is my boyfriend. I was like, what? Like, and he, and, and he's like, he didn't even acknowledge that the girl was his girlfriend. So, so, um, so that's it. That's so cute. All right. So I'm going to officially welcome you. And, you know, I'm really happy we finally get to record this episode. So let's do a little quick rundown of who you are, what you do, you know, all the things that you do, not just limiting to your full time job. Um, so I like that, that all the things that I do. So uh, I'm a father, husband, um, alpha, um, a higher ed professional. Um, just a, a, a normal guy from Northern Virginia. Uh, I, I work at uh, George Mason University as a career counselor, but more like an industry advisor. But when people say industry advisor, they don't know what that is. So I just say career counselor, but uh, specifically working with students that are interested in media arts and design. Um, I, I don't know, you say a lot. Uh, I like to help students. That's kind of where I found my passion. I like to help students get their career started and find jobs and that's pretty much it bourbon enthusiasts love bourbon love podcasting i have my own podcast uh positive filter so that's just kind of a rundown of who i am and in a quick uh spiel i love it so today's episode well before we get into it all um today's episode is focused on preparing for your career finding and landing that first job post-grad. And, you know, it's quite honestly very stressful. I don't have all the answer. That's why I went to go see Phil. Um, I just have my own experiences to speak from. However, that's why Phil is here today. We are going, or he's going to be answering some of the questions that you guys sent in on the topic, topic of career. So Phil, let's start with how you made your way to higher education advising and career advising in general. So tell us like your story of how you got where you are today in your career. So I like to start that um, one of the things you should always be cognizant is that uh, over a lifetime, we have about five to seven different jobs or careers that where you are when you come out of college is not where you're going to end up. And a lot of this, uh, my journey, but um, just a lot of people's career journey, uh, it kind of falls into basic principles of like um, planned happenstance, uh, chaos theory, um, just being open to experiences and ran the randomness of life. Um, no one ever wakes up one day, 34 years old with two kids and works at a college campus, you know, it just, and works in a college, you know, it, it, things happen, you know, and, and I think the main Thing that as I shared this career journey with you, a lot of it is about meeting people and, and making friendships and relationships, and that's how it happens. So uh, I went to JMU uh, um, down in Harrisonburg. I studied history, which kind of throws a lot of people off. And <laughs> um, when I was graduating, I had no clue what I wanted to do. Um, it's funny that I work at Career Center. I never even went to my Career Center. And I was just back home. I, I moved back home with my parents. and 
my wife or my girlfriend at the time who became my wife, she was already on it. She graduated on time. Uh, she got her uh, one year master's. And so she already had a full time job as a as a, a therapist. And I was at fifth year, uh, took five years to graduate college back home with my parents. Uh, saying I was applying for jobs, and and I, but I had no clue what I wanted to do with a history degree. Thought I wanted to go to law school, but never studied for the LSAT. And so one of my friends said, "Hey, hey, Phil, uh, I got a job at a school with children with special needs, autism, um, Down syndrome, all the different, um, uh, you know, issues. But they also have behavioral issues where they got kicked out of the schools uh, for biting and kicking and and and, and fighting teachers and stuff. So." They said all they want is people with uh, college degrees and just bodies, just warm bodies, because I was going to be what we call a behavior facilitator or basically a teacher's assistant at this school. And it was terrible. I mean, uh, terrible as in I, I got beat up. It was it was a very stressful job, high turnout, I mean, high turnover, uh, high burnout. And um, but I got to work with my best friends, which was funny because I was like, they don't know who they put in the same room. And so while I was there, I was like, wow, I really like education. I think maybe, you know, for me to get out of this situation at this first job out of college, I need to get a master's. I think that's, you know, I had, I didn't really do any research. I was just like, I think the, everyone says master's. My wife got a master's. Maybe I can get one too. Um, she's always said I'm smart, but you know, I was, I was one of those guys that kind of floated through life. And so I, I just Googled and I was like, maybe I'll be in the schools, but I don't want to be a traditional teacher. I don't want to be a history teacher. So maybe I'll be a school counselor. And so I was Googling school counseling masters, school counseling masters. And lo and behold, I found George Mason, right? And tell me why I applied to George Mason. Why did you apply? Because they didn't have a GRE requirement. <laughs> no research. I was like, man, I'm not a good test taker. So, And they had an interview process. So uh, I applied for the, the master's program in school counseling. Uh, showed up to my interview late, uh, dro drove to, from my job, changed in the bathroom at the Johnson Center, went to this interview. Um, I'm a good talker. I can I can sell water to a well. And I, I, I luckily I got in, um, but I still didn't know why I was there. I didn't know why I belonged there. And then while I was in the program, um, in the program, I realized that I don't want to be a school counselor. I want to be a um, career um Career, uh, not a career. So I want to be a community agency counselor. So I switched my tracks from um, school counseling to community agency agency uh, counseling. And while I was in that class, uh, I took a career career counseling class. Uh, a guy came into my class named Ken Garant, and he said, "You know what? I know part of your master's program you have to do an internship." And I was like, "Wow!" And he's like, "You you can do your internship here at the career center." I said, "Wow." And so for six months, because, I, you know, we had to, you had to apply like everyone else. I emailed him all the time. I said, can I do a site visit? Can I do a, uh, can I learn more about this internship? And he eventually stopped me. He's like, yo, Phil, you're bothering me. You got the internship. I know you really want to do it here at Career Services. So he got me. And so I did my internship. And while I was doing my internship in career counseling, I realized, wow, I like helping people find, I like, it's beyond resumes and cover letters. I like talking about what makes you happy at a job, what gives you identity. Um, you know, a lot of the, the counseling stuff, whether we're talking about feelings and stuff, is so intertwined with uh, with careers. So I was like, this is what I like. I like career counseling. But I like talking about people's feelings and stuff like that. So um, I applied for a job uh, right when I got my master's. I didn't get it. 
<laughs> because I didn't have enough experience. Kind of traveled around various universities, but was fortunate enough to come back to George Mason in 2017, and that's where I am right now. Yeah, I didn't know half of those, though, but I yeah. can tell when I was um, talking to you during our session, you know, I can tell that you really are passionate about this. So you mentioned you, you the industry that you specialize in is media and, you know, within the communication um, mm-hmm. industry. What made you choose that? Well, I, I mean... Um, I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> I'm glad you, you give me so much power to feel like I chose it. Uh, when I applied to be an industry advisor, they either gave me a choice of, um, the choice was tech and engineering or media arts and design. Um, and they said, you know, what students would you, not students, but what would you industry? Cause you know, I could work with any student. I love students across. I work with any students, but what industry would you feel comfortable with? And, um, you know, Tech and engineering kind of seemed like an overwhelming, kind of scary, but I was always interested in, you know, media and news and, um, you know, like I said, the Anthony Bourdain. I always liked that. I thought it was cool. And I always liked being creative. Um, I already had a pro- I already had a podcast before I got this job. So I was like, well, I, I like learning about media because I like learning about podcasts. So I, I, it, I chose that one because it was a, a, a no brainer for me that that was the industry where I felt like I would not only learn to help the students, but I learn a lot for myself because I, I was interested in that. You have a lot of students come to you. What do you think is the most important thing you should do in your early 20s when it comes to navigating your career and finding that job? Um, building skills um, and using the time that you have to build skills. Like, for instance, you have time where you go home from work. And if you want to learn how to get better at content, let's say, and I say the skills is mainly the ones related to your job or your future job. So let, let's say for you instance, you want to be a media, social media guru, right? Um, and, and, and learn the techniques of how to, you know, do a uh, social media campaign or um, how to use Hootsuite and all these, you know, different apps and things like that for your podcast. Um, do that now in your 20s when you have no kids um, and, you, and you come home because uh, for me, I love this stuff. I love to nerd out and learn new things, but I have to do it when my kids go to bed. So I would say if you have free time, you know, definitely, you know, stay fit, stay active, definitely have fun, have relationships, but just definitely take whatever your craft is, your hobby is, or whatever you want to um, get better at, like photography or anything creative, and use that time that you can do it uh, in your 20s. Um, because it's going to, I'm not, I, like I said, I still can do it. I just have to do it on a different, I have to do it on someone else's schedule and not on my own. Um, so that would be my biggest advice for anyone in their early 20s. And if there's something else, like if you want to be, if you're a you know, computer programmer, learn your computer programs. It doesn't have to be creative, creative specific. Uh, it could be whatever industry that you're getting into. Just use this time in your 20s to do it while you have energy, uh, while you're not burnt out, while you're, you know, you're young, you know, young, dumb, and unappreciable, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay, so of your years advising, what are some common worries you see from students? Um, I I, I think I'm in the middle generation. The middle generation is meaning um, I'm not quite, I'm on that cusp of a millennial. I'm not really, I don't know what generation, whatever you got, the younger people are, but entitlement is one of my biggest ones. Like, the world doesn't owe you anything. I always feel like you should always think like, you know, um, 
you should obtain happiness. You should find your purpose, but you have to put in hard work to get it. Um, it's not given to you, uh, young people, I, I would say. And it kind of concerns me that like, you know, in this pursuit of happiness, and I'm in it too, is that there's times where you have to make sacrifices. You're not going to get all of it. Like there's something you're going to have to give up. And, um, I think some people are just so entitled that they can't give up anything and that they're owed everything um, because they don't see, but, you know, I, I feel like social media is created that they see the people they look up to and they think that they just got it. But in actuality, they don't know how much people have sacrificed. So um, I think that's a concerning behavior because I think the students that I work with that I know are going to make it when I say, quote, unquote, it or find their passion and careers, they don't find it overnight and they also put in mad work and I know which ones do and which ones don't I could tell I could tell about I could tell when I work with a student if I give them suggestions and the next week they come back and they literally have what I suggested that they do but they do beyond that and like even teach me new things um and it's not like I think that's coming from a place of being humble knowing that you know you want to learn and you want to grow, but you also know that you have to put in some, a lot of work and nothing's given to you and nothing's entitled to you. So, it's, so that's a big concern that I have when I work with students is who's humble, who's not, and who puts in work and who doesn't. Like I was saying, you know, even if you graduate college with a four-year degree, that doesn't guarantee you mm-hmm. a job. No, it doesn't. It. No. It doesn't actually, I mean, I can even take it a step further. Just because I got a master's didn't guarantee me anything either. Just because yeah. you get a PhD doesn't, uh, a piece of, uh, all degrees don't mean nothing. Um, and that's the scary aspect. It's not just going to class and bouncing. It's going to class and also doing the other stuff beyond, beyond the going to class that's going to get you to jobs and stuff. Because you're right, like everyone has degrees. So what's going to separate you from that person that has degrees? And what mm-hmm. does separate you from that degree is the skills. Like literally, that's what it really boils down to is skills and work ethic. That's what's going to separate you from the other person that has the same exact degree, same exact GPA, same exact everything is what beyond this piece of paper, what are those intangibles? That's what's really going to separate you. And usually what does what does separate those people is their strong work ethic, that that hustle mentality, and also that that willingness to always learn and improve and sharpen those skills, like sharpen those tools um, and always revisit those tools. And and, and, and quite honestly, it, it's this is something too that even my generation or older people can, is that even when you quote unquote make it, you haven't made it because I'm always learning something new too. And I usually what I do is when I learn something new, I just like, you know, for instance, a new podcast technique, I just give it, I pay it forward. Like I'm always learning new things too. So I, my learning has never stopped. Mm-hmm. Let's say someone is really selective. They don't see anything they like that's open on job postings. Um, Do you think they should just apply for those jobs that are semi-related to their ideal job, but not quite exactly? Yes. Yes, 100%. Because either this, this is what I would say. Either you do this uh, and and think a bigger picture. If you're being, you need to have the values, you know, obviously, I, I think that being selective is fine, but you need to have like maybe like, two or three non-negotiables, but then be flexible other things. So the non-negotiables would be like, no matter what, I'm never working um, at the trash dump, right? Like like the location, I'm never working. That's a, I'm, But then like maybe one thing was like, 
this job, like for instance, my job has answer emails and phone calls. I don't really like that, but I, but also it's not always student facing. It's sometimes employer relations. So like there's even every single job description. If you go down and look at the bullet points, there's going to be something in that job that you don't like or don't want to do or not skilled at. Um, but there's going to be two other things. So you just have to like compromise. And two, if there's a job that you need to just to have, accept that job but find a way to integrate the things you like to do in it. Maybe it's proposing new ideas, initiatives, or, you know, like this job is not really super creative, but, you know, I know that someday we're doing an event planning. I'm going to take pictures and say, hey, to supervisor, I took these pictures, I finessed them. Um, can I infuse a little bit of my creativity and add extra work so that you can infuse your passion into your job? Um or last last worst case scenario is just accept a job that you really need to accept and make sure that you have a side hustle that still fulfills your passions. Um, I know a lot of people that you know have to for for paying the bills have to get a normal nine to five you know admin front desk manager job, but they're a singer, so sing on the weekends, um, sing you know sing in church, uh, sing at karaoke, or sing in a, a garage band, you know? So like, there's no way to ever get the perfect everything. Um, and being too selective is not going to be what you need to do. Sometimes you have to make compromises, but I would say with those compromises, still know what are your firm non-negotiables. Um, but mm -hmm. you know, the ones that you're not going to, you know, no matter what, I'm not giving up these uh, non-negotiables, but then kind of work around those. Yeah, I agree. I think from my job search, my job hunt journey um, throughout these last few months, I've just come to accept the fact that, you know, I'm not going to leap into my dream job right away. I'm going to have to take baby steps and take the skills I learned from these jobs and then mm -hmm. hopefully one day apply it to my dream job. A hundred percent. Within the five years of my master's, I've done all kinds of different things that as I've sharpened my tool belt, you're right. Like I've never, you know, I was like, I never would have thought that career, you know, higher ed professionals, every higher ed professional is an event planner, you know, like we had to do workshops and ours or also plan events. So I was like, I never would have thought like, I'm not super organized, but that's forced on me. Right. So now that's a transferable skill. So if I ever want to go somewhere else, I know how to plan an event, you know, know about booking rooms and space and food and logistics and registration and, uh, sending out emails and marketing an event. Um, that's because I had to do it for my higher ed job, but now I can apply that to you, like you said, my dream job. So there's things in jobs that, you know, answering emails, like dang, every job, but then you learn about email communication and how important that is and transferable that is to all jobs. So as you said, you're right. Like take, you know, learn from each job. What's something I can apply, even if I don't really love this job, but I can apply it to my next job because like, you're right. Like, your, your dream job. So I tell a lot of students, sometimes your dream job is not even in existence yet. It doesn't mm -hmm. even, it doesn't even exist yet. Uh, it might be something you have to create or down the line it's created. So what can you do to sharpen the tools for that imaginary dream job that doesn't exist yet? hundred percent. Like social media didn't exist no. 10 years ago. No, but before social media, there was someone that was good at writing that knew how to write captions to write yeah. engaging captions for a flyer. So now they're just doing engaging captions for a flyer on an Instagram post. Yeah. So that's, you know, somewhere out there along the lines, there was someone that was good at taking pictures 
and doing pictures for flyers, but now they're taking pictures and putting them on Instagram. So you're right. There's the, the, the foundation of the social media thing was existence before Instagram. There was, you know, people that wrote marketing ideas. There was people that took pictures. There was people that do that. So no matter what, you can get those skills and, and apply it to the, to the next level. So I'm going to paint you a scenario. It's sort of similar to what we just talked about, but I'm going to go through it because I have something um, after that, okay? So Billy just graduated. He's looking for a job. He's applying. He's not having much luck. And so finally, he gets an offer for a position that is like not what he expected. It's not a position he was initially looking for, but it pays well. And some skills for that position, it's transferable to what he really wants to do. So do you think he should take that offer immediately or keep on applying and waiting for something better? I mean, let's be real. Like that's a, there's for every scenario like this, you know, that's the surface level thing. I mean, it's deeper yeah. things. Uh, and let's say Let's really be real about Billy's situation um, and, okay. the, and the different layers for Billy's situation and take into account um, Billy's social economic, you know, issues. Like, does he need to, to make money to survive? Right. Like Billy, Billy might not have no choice. Uh, Billy mm-hmm. might need to pay his rent. Um, you know, Billy's family structure, family, uh, Billy's family pressures, uh, Billy's race. Um, so many different layers to this that could be, you know, um, you know, answered in this question or uh, thought about. And so I try to really think about the main thing when I look for these is what is, what is Billy value and what is Billy's immediate needs? Um, and I asked Billy, like, that's why I asked certain students, like, yo, can you afford to keep on applying for other jobs? If they say, yeah, my parents let me live rent free, then yes. If they're like, no, I literally need money, then you might have to take that job. Um, and then, like I said, just work with what you got. And, I know that's not a typical dream answer that a lot of people want to hear, but that's the, that's the reality of the world. Like we need to chase our dreams and passions, but we also need to be realistic of like, what is going on right now? Like, can I, can I sacrifice this? Like, and, there, and there's answers where people have done things that are really crazy. Like, you know, slept on couches and, you know, turn their phones off and really grind it to get that dream job. But they, but some had to give. So I would say to Billy, what is your circumstance? Like, um, are you able to keep on applying? Are you able to, did you have enough savings? Did you save money in college? Are you in debt? Are you paying loans? Um, and things like that. Like Billy, you might need to work at Target just to have a nine to five. And a, and, and a, like I said, Billy, you might need to work at not, uh, Target with that nine to five, but still pursue that dream job with your side hustle, having your own uh, side hustle Instagram page or website or or. You know, I believe with a, fe- a phone or a laptop, you can still do so much. So I think that it depends. So, um, you know, maybe as a follow up question, you just kind of ask what's, like, what's Billy's needs. I would say, what, what are your needs right now, Billy? And he's like, I need to get a job. I need to to pay my rent. So things like that. Okay, so let's go a little deeper. Let's say Billy took the job um, and he's at at this job for a year or so. And then he's like, you know what? This job was great, but I really want to pursue a different career. So how does one shift their career path besides going back to school? To grad school? Um, So I think that the, the best thing, my you know, my dad said this, is the best time to look for a job is when you have a job. And I, my dad said it from a strictly financial opportunity, like because like you have money to pay the bills so you can apply for another job. But I was saying 
you can use your most recent experiences at your current job to market yourself like pull examples to you know for the interviewers right um, so think about when you look at that job posting see if there's any examples in your most recent job that you can use to career switch if there isn't then maybe that is the time where you need to evaluate whether you can you need to get that experience from grad school or as I said additionally get some experiences from your side hustle um, so I think that if he's not happy and he wants to switch within a year, really evaluate what he wants to do next, that next step, and then see if he needs, if he has the ability to pull from his most recent experiences for that, or if he does, like you said, needs to like either go to grad school or pursue a side hustle. Now, mind you, there's no, I, when I work with a student, they say, help me figure out what I want to do with my life. There is no, I'll, I'm never going to help anyone do that because I don't. You'd never know what you, it's always about next. What's the next step? And always just taking new steps next. So, you know, he just needs to evaluate, like doesn't think about big picture, think about anything beyond that next job. Just think about what can, what can I do in my present situation to prepare me for the next step? So mm -hmm. if, if it's going to grad school, it might be that, or it might be building up more experiences at his current job to, you know, let's say he wants to go back into marketing or something, but he doesn't really have marketing experience. Like what can he do in his current job to, to you know, put on his resume that he had some marketing experience. Maybe it's you know being a supervisor. Well, he doesn't have supervisor experience, so maybe he can propose to his boss that he takes on an intern and he trains that intern. Therefore, then he has supervisor experience. So things like that. Are there any sources that can help people find their interest or passion that you know of? Uh, I mean, assessments. You know, like MBTI, Myers Briggs in Inventory, or um, Strong interest inventory or uh, uh, strengths finder; those are things. Assessments that you can do that. Um, you know, like for, and usually a career center can do that. Alumni can go back to their school and take it. Um, usually, most most schools honor their own alumni to come back to their own career centers to figure out those assessments to figure out their passions and things. Um, I think that would be my biggest suggestion: is go back. Um, I would say whatever school you are, try to see if you're school offers any discount or actual free services for alumni up to a certain amount of years and try to take those assessments. Okay. Are there any big mistakes you see a lot of people making when it comes to post-grad and applications? Um, just not taking the time to individualize their um, resumes and applications. Um, I'm not saying you should start from scratch from every single resume, but make sure that you tailor your resume to the jobs you're applying for. Tweak the bullet points a few bullet points. Write a unique cover letter for that job. Um, I, I see a student that says I apply for 50 jobs a day, but they basically just use the same resume, and that's mm -hmm. not gonna. That's like literally just beating your head against the wall. So just take mm -hmm. the take the one or two minutes to print out the job description, highlight a couple words, and tweak your bullet points in your resume or your, or your cover letter uh, to make sure that when you apply for those jobs that it's at least speaking to the, the jobs that you you want. And um, I would also encourage you to, uh, as I said earlier, keep on building skills. Don't be stagnant. Um, don't just go home and at work and just veg out and watch Netflix. See if there's anything in your present situation that you can do to sharpen your skills whether that's you know just buying that Adobe Photoshop and teaching yourself, uh, training yourself um, things or learning how to code. I mean, with the internet and a computer, 
you can you can self-teach yourself. I mean, I'm a podcast host. I have no experience in media. I taught myself on YouTube. And um, so it's like always being a, a, a lifetime learner. And mm-hmm. I think the biggest, make, I, I, I would say it goes back to that entitlement thing. Like you think that because you have a degree, that's it, that learning stops. Well, learning doesn't stop because you have a piece of paper. You have to learn. You always have to learn no matter what. Uh, continuously learn and yeah. use the resources. Like I, I can't afford, I'll be honest, I can't afford Adobe uh, Audition. So I use Audacity. Use the free stuff, you know, um, use stuff that's free. And so, um, and so that's also being resourceful um, and, and learning how to use the resources that you have to, to still get better. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of free resources out there to learn. Um, and, you know, colleges provide you links to Linda and, you know, mm-hmm. LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, for instance, yeah, like, you know, I, I know a lot of schools uh, offer a, a LinkedIn learning account. I know Mason does. But look and see if as alumni, can you do it? Or I think there's sometimes where you still can come back on campus and use the library, um, use some of the resources on campus, some of the equipment you can rent on campus, which as an alumni, like this, the university is a great place to come back and still use it. Or I would say this, I just learned this last night. One of the biggest resources for just getting stuff and learning things is the lot, your public library. Um, yeah. There's so much books and free conference rooms. Uh, you can rent a room uh, for free at the public library. So you can, if you want to podcast outside your house, you don't want to, you don't want to be in your house. You want to get a, a, a space away. You can just go to a study room in a library and use that as your recording space. I mean, there's so many ways to like find free stuff. Like there's so much free stuff out there, but people just don't Google it or research it. So use your public library, use your public institution, use your public community college. Um, if you don't have access to a nice computer, you can go to the computer lab on a campus or go to the public library. I mean, there's so many places to do stuff. I also want to mention how uh, when I went to our session, um, you showed me how you should like copy and paste the job description and highlight what you have, the skills that you know really well in one color, the skills that you're okay with in another color, and then you know, the ones that you don't really know, you highlight it or you don't, you just leave it blank. Yeah. I think that is very, very helpful. Yeah. I mean, I do that with green because, you know, you like, if you do that with green and you look at that pay, piece of paper, that job, just like, wow, I'm qualified. It's, it's a confidence boost. And then you look at yellow and you're like, okay, I got time. I can learn these things in yellow. And then red is like, it's no, I don't care. I don't really don't care. And therefore, like, when you do apply for a job, you're definitely speaking directly to that interviewer. You're showing that. Uh, employer, look, employer X, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I and I saw what you're looking for. I can do it. Mm-hmm. I agree. So why do you think it's so hard to get a job out of college or, you know, the job that you want right out of college? Um, it's volume. <laughs> it's, what it, it's, just, it's just, no, I mean, it's straight mathematics, you know. Um, it's volume. There's there's but so many jobs and so many people in this world. So it's volume. I mean, that's that's literally what it is. And also, I like to tell people, another thing is you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, you know, a lot of people say, I never heard back from a job I was really qualified for. And I, I sent this, I some, sometimes send this article that I, I, I read, and it was like, it had like bullet points of like, why didn't you hear back from that interviewer? And you realize there's so many things behind the scenes, like maybe their budget got cut, 
the position they posted got cut. Maybe it was an internal hire. Like they had by HR standards, they had to make it public, but they already knew who they were going to hire all along. Um, maybe, you know, like I said, that job doesn't exist anymore. Um, maybe, you know, so there's so many things behind the scenes that have nothing to do with you that makes getting a job very hard. And, but I, I would say quite honestly, like, let's just be honest, there's umpteen billion people in the world and maybe less jobs. <laughs> and so there's more people than jobs and it's, that's just the way the world, right? It's, um, or let me phrase, I feel like there's a job for every single person, but everyone doesn't want, like, you know, not everyone wants to, you know, do certain jobs with manual labor, all that stuff. So, um, you know, the, the jobs that we want, there might be a limited number. Right? Yeah, I agree. Do you think, you know, you have to go to grad school in order to get a good paying job? No. And if so, no. no. Quite honestly, no. Um, I've seen people that even went to get their associates and got higher paying jobs than me, you know, entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and stuff. So I, I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I, I know I work in higher ed. I love working and having higher ed. But I would say, I'm telling you right now, a degree does not equal jobs. It's them skills. It's those skills. And I would say the only reason why grad school is really, really important for certain industries, you can't even get your foot in the door. So I think only look at grad school if it's related to like, if you want to be a social worker, you need to get, you need to get a master's in social work. If you want to be a career counselor, such as myself, that's, it's necessary. Like you can't even get into higher ed without a master's. So there's certain jobs where that makes sense, but to, to be a real estate agent or whatever, that doesn't make, you know, to be a content creator, you don't need a master's. Um, so be yeah. very, be very cognizant of what you want to do. Certain professions need graduate degrees. To be a doctor, you need an MD. So there's certain degrees that are directly linked to professions and there's certain ones where not really. Mm-hmm. My next question is how important is LinkedIn and how important is your social media across all platforms? Uh, LinkedIn is very important for the networking aspect and consistency. Um, if you think about yourself, you're a walking brand. And so your social media across all platforms need to be consistent. Not one place are you saying like, you know, you don't see Coca-Cola say in one place that they are blue and, you know, they're not refreshing. So you should be consistent on your social media platforms. Your LinkedIn should match your resume. Your re- match, your resume should match uh, Handshake or, you know, Hire Mesa or whatever your school uses, the school platforms. They should be consistent. Um, because you're cons- you're a consistent brand, and what you advertise to employers should be consistent across the board. And LinkedIn is just one of the most crucial networking tools I've ever seen. It literally is built for professionalism and professional connections. Uh, it is the new wave. I've seen people now are engaging in it more. Content creators are on it now more. Uh, YouTubers mm-hmm. are on it more. LinkedIn is the way. Uh, it's it's definitely crucial. So just make sure that you, you don't have to be a LinkedIn poster 10 times a day, but just being engaged on LinkedIn at least once a week is, is beneficial. I don't know if you heard about this, but um, it was on news or it was on social media how this one girl, she applied for this company and they kind of just blasted her on their own social media with a bikini photo that she took and they posted it on their story saying, you know, like, don't post these types of photos if you're trying to apply for a job. And I just want to know from your like personal opinion um, on having a personal social media, um, the things that you post on your social media and how that could affect 
you know, your job search? I, I do I, I do compartmentalize my social media. So like in regards to my LinkedIn, it's very professional headshots and, and all all the comments are related to career. Uh, Twitter might be a little bit, you know, different. Facebook is my family, my boys, my kids. Instagram, I have a personal Instagram mm-hmm. and I have a business Instagram. Um, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I'd encourage people to have compartmentalized uh, social media, like know what lane it is and who your audience is. Um, but at the same time, if it's her on a personal, you know, her being in a bikini is on her personal Facebook at the beach, that's her prerogative. But if she's putting it on LinkedIn to try to go into like, you know, very conservative corporate America thing. So just be more like that probably wouldn't be her bikini photo probably wouldn't belong on LinkedIn. It probably that's mainly on her personal Instagram or personal Facebook. So just being cognizant of your audience. I think that would be my main, my main suggestion. Okay. What strategies do you have or can you share that can make the process easier? Uh, space it out. Don't feel like you have to apply for jobs every day. Uh, I like to tell students, uh, block time off and, you know, have like a, you know, a job search day, a job application day and a networking day. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then compartmentalize that to, you know, a, a block of two hours and then set it and forget it and do other things. Because uh, I notice when students apply for jobs every day, Monday through Friday, all day, all different types of night, times in the night, it's not healthy. So think about it just like you would do your homework, um, block off time like you were doing your homework and only apply for jobs in certain windows. The jobs are not going anywhere. Make sure you just keep a system and be organized. Um, and, and I think another strategy is uh, organize your networking just as you would a uh, job application. Keep track of who you're connecting with and be, be followed through and, and, you know, set reminders in your phone to check in with people um, and, and treat networking just as important as job searching. But keep it organized. Um, the more organized you are and the more you have it allotted to certain times, it doesn't take over your whole day or affect your whole mood. It allows you to to do other things with your time. So you shouldn't you shouldn't not be in the job search process so much that you're not working out, you're not seeing your friends, you're not going out on dates or, or having a social life. You just need to make sure that it's, you know, timed out or spaced out. Yeah, yeah definitely. So my last question for you um, is negotiating salary, especially those who just graduated college and they're not entirely sure what they're worth, like what they're worth. Uh, uh, look up, look up salaries, go to um, nace.org that has salaries, go to bsl.gov, Bureau of Labor Statistics.gov and go. And um, also, um, you know, um, go to other places like ONET and just, they have salary negotiation things. They have how much the average person in your state makes at certain positions and just kind of do a little bit of research. And then one of the things I would say is when you get a job offer, just say, is this job open to negotiation? If they say yes, throw a number out there. If they say no, then either you decide to take it or not. Um, But always ask if it's open to negotiation first and then Mm -hmm. negotiate. Okay. All right. So those are all the questions or some of the questions that you guys had. Thank you, Phil, for your time and sharing your insights. But before we leave, can you tell people where people can find you on social media and the web? Uh, yeah, Positive Filter, um, positive, spelled positive and filter, spelled P-H-I-L-T-E-R. That's my Instagram. That's my podcast. That's my website, 
positivefilter.com. That's everything. So you'll find all that there. Uh, Facebook page. So positive filter across the board is where you'll find me. Okay. And I will leave that in the description so people can check it out. But thank you again so much for joining me on this episode. Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure. Keep, I love following up with your podcast. I, and also I appreciate what I love about your podcast is, and I would say this for new podcasters is it's consistent, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you put out content consistently. It's not like, Hey, I'm gonna start a podcast and then it fell off. Um, and that's, that's my biggest advice for anyone that wants to do things creatively. Like if you want to do a YouTube channel, whatever, is that it doesn't happen overnight. You don't get a thousand followers or whatever. It's just consistently putting out content. And, 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 and normally what you'll do is you'll build a, a following and you don't need to have a billion people to follow. You just have people that like to listen to your, to your voice and, uh, like to listen to your episodes. So I, I appreciate you. I love your show. I love Hello Twins. I love just following along in your journey. And and I like that you consistently do it. It pops up on my phone. I listen to it. So keep on, keep it up and, and, keep, and keep up the content. I love it. Thank you so much for your words. Thank you guys so much for listening on today's episode on the Hello Twenties podcast. Let's get connected and continue our conversation over on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Y-U-A-N-X-Q-I-U. I hope to see you there and I'll talk to you guys on my next episode.